Hey guys, it's Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor, another lunchtime podcast. Today I'm going to focus on Session Zero, an important part of my campaigns that I run with the characters, and I'm going to tell you about that in one second. Alright guys, let's talk about Session Zero. Let's define Session Zero first because some may not know what it is. Uh, usually it's considered the sessions to set up a campaign, to you know get characters figured out, smoothed out. Maybe the GM takes some time to uh, tell them about what to expect in the campaign and probably usually run a short short adventure to kind of get the players toes wet so to speak in the campaign and how I do it is I have I'm gonna start a campaign here soon uh, sometime in June BX essentials you guys are gonna get sick of hearing me talk about it but I'm gonna talk about it anyways because <laughs> that's all I got to talk about what I had is I have three players. I've got Ken, Chris, and Rob who are going to be playing in it. And I had them make up characters, roll them up using the BX rules, and then also to give me a brief background description of like what their character is about. A uh, little bit of background and maybe motivations that they have. Just some stuff. Now, it depends on, you know, a brief background to some is two and a half pages long. And some people, it's just like a you know four sentences. Either way, I run with it because I just want the characters to, or the players to be invested into their characters, so they can care about them. Because I want them to decide what they want to you know what they want to deal with, and not so much me lay it out for them. I'll put in my own influences around what they kind of start with. So Rob recently did one. And he made this whole uh, religious sect that we were monster hunters who worshipped this strange thing. Not so much a god, but this, like, this, I, the best way I'll describe it is a thing, the Theophant. And, uh, and I didn't have that in my campaign, but I love the idea of it. So I'm definitely integrating it into the world that I've been building around and into the, uh, you know, the religious cultures that I have developed already kind of a heretical society and I thought it was kind of interesting so here you've got these monster hunters who in Rob's descriptions were considered heretics and we're using this term you know loosely for gaming purposes we'll just call them outsiders if you want and their religion is not too well looked upon and I'm you know so here you, like why would that be why would you have a group of monster hunters in an adventure campaign where there's monsters everywhere why would a group of monster hunters be banned or or considered heretical you know it's like you know you'd think that's what you'd want them to do but now i got to figure this out so it's like oh this is this is a cool problem well i started developing the developing it and then you know and i was kind of tiptoeing the idea but basically, what I started to end up writing, and, and uh, excuse me if you don't get the reference for this, but if any of you guys know uh, Dragon Age, they have a group that uh, hunts the, the demons and 
they drink the demon blood and they're not too thought of too well or whatever and but that's what they do and i was kind of almost rewriting that same thing so instead of like trying to invent a whole new wheel i just got into my dragon age stuff and i started you know what this is gonna fit pretty nicely um and it would give a reason why the other groups don't like the the religious sect, the, the fanatics, and because basically the, these we're calling them hunters in the game. Hunters are they to be initiated into a hunter? You need to drink the demon's blood, and if you survive, then you become a um, hunter. Yeah, I know it's a complete ripoff of Dragon Age. Don't care. I like it, so I'm going to use it, and it fits perfectly. Uh, then they sort of become attuned to demons, and it makes them a you know, more formidable hunter. And but it has its drawbacks, too, which I won't go into here right now because I'm still developing them. But, but it was just kind of interesting. So out of his background, we haven't even hit Session Zero yet. We, we, I'm already adding on this big chunk of... Of story to hang on my campaign that will be specifically created because of his his background which I think is fantastic and then for Chris he's got someone who is a mage uh, who can who kind of not a, <clears throat> a guild mage but more of an independent mage so I have to so I'm developing a, a you know a story of what would a rogue mage be like in this time period in my campaign world? And it's not too hard to imagine because there's there's plenty of them. They, I mean, there's a big there's big guilds like the Guild of Arcane Lore and all the houses that go around. But there's plenty of spaces in between for independent mages because, I mean, think about it to try try to maintain the mages in that kind of campaign would just be self destructive in a way. Um, like, like Dragon Age again, you know they have what they did to the mages and everything. But I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to port that over from Dragon Age. I want them to, the mages to have their own um, independence and their own society, which they do. Now I'm taking both of these guys. Now here come here was the session zero. This is I guess pre session zero. So I've developed this stuff, and then I write a background for each character specifically i take what they have kind of rework it so it fits better into the campaign and then i basically give them a zine a zine with information that they would know so they're going into my campaign world not being completely oblivious because how many times have you been in a world where your guy's been living in for say your guy starts out and your adventure starts out at 22 years old or something but he doesn't seem to know anything, you know, you don't know the customs, you don't know what's over here, you don't know what's over here. Um, so I try to give them as much information in, in front, not to overwhelm them, but just br brief glimpses of different things, give them a ger general understanding. But then what I'll also do is I give them information specifically that their character would know. So the hunter would know, like Rob's character is going to know more information about uh, like maybe some black market stuff where he can get some weapons, uh, names of demons that he's hunting. He Maybe he knows someone that, you know, has dealt with them because that's what he's been doing and that's what his, his training has been. Uh, 
and then Chris's character being a mage, he's going to know more about uh, these in-between places where the, the mages without a home know. And it's almost like an underground railroad type of, type of thing uh, where, they, where they're trying to stay free and, and practice independently without the ever watchful eye of Big Brother of the Guild. So they're going to have different contacts, different knowledges, and I and I specify that for each character. Then what I also do is for like I was telling you about the general information is I will write that information from the point of view skewed point of view from whatever culture they're coming from. So they're going to so two people might have two sets of different um, information concerning an organization or a person uh, might have different knowledges about that person. So it's it so it's funny when I when I run one of these things and I've done it in the past, everybody seems to really enjoy them and they refer to them a lot because they do they're almost a significant handbook for the campaign in some ways and people seem to to like it so I continue doing it. Then what I do next is I actually run an adventure. Wow, how's that happen, you know, after all that shit, huh? So they read over so after that I run a, the actual session zero where I get together, but I get together with them individually unless they're connected from the start. Like if two folks are starting off as brothers or connected somehow, then I'll start them off together. But generally I do them run an adventure one at a time. And usually it's a shorter adventure, anywhere from an hour to a couple hours. And this is helps. I can't tell you how, uh, important this has proven to be for me through the years to provide the players room on their own so it's kind of an intense session where it's one-on-one -on -one and we're developing the character and the, and the, the players discovering who the character is on its own without you know having a whole party there yet and the cool thing about that is too is i'm de they're developing characters with a history so when they join up with the party their entire history isn't just involved from day one with the party. They have a background. They have maybe some secrets. They have things that are hard to do when everybody else is there. Because as much as we try to, you know, play with out-of-game knowledge, you know, if somebody goes to a secret place and everybody else is listening, they still know it. And we try to play, or at least some of us try to play that we don't know it and others don't. But... Uh, but this gives us a chance the character to develop on their own, um, develop their history, find their niche, niche, I guess is the word, and really have a, a well-rounded character. And it makes it so much more fun for the players to, to do that because now they have their own resources that they, they can contact. They can use their sheets that I gave them and use it. You know, it's like, hey, it says here I know... Simon over in the, you know, the, the iron quarters. Can I go talk to him about this? I'm like, absolutely. He's, he's an ally of yours. And, you know, you read about it and he knows what he's about. And then it becomes a real thing. Instead of just a reading thing, now he actually has encountered Simon and he has some dealings with him and there's going to be a history there. So when he, if, when or if he does return to Simon, he's already been there and done that. You know, even beyond the paper, it's actually happened in game. And I think that uh, helps 
develop a full rounded character, gets the players invested. And to tell you the truth, it's, it's funny. Sometimes that's what the players remember the, the most. Um, and they don't have to be long ones. Like I said, just about an hour. Like uh, I, I ran a Dragon Age slash Etruscan campaign. Basically, I ported Dragon Age stuff into the Etruscan times, like kind of pre-Rome and during the war. But I just threw Dragon Age stuff in there. And I did run individual can or individual sessions before that, before that started. And it's funny how much it impacted uh, the characters and, and how they acted during the campaign. It definitely made a significant difference. And it's something I've always done and I really like doing. And even during the campaign, I'll kind of do one-off sessions with some of the folks. But to begin, se to begin a campaign, Session Zero, if you ever have the time... I encourage people to try it out. I mean, it's it's hard to do when you've got a lot of people or just, you know, just we all have time restraints and it's tough to scr scratch together a couple hours beyond what you normally schedule with players. But it does pay its dividends in the campaign. At least for me, it always has. Uh, I, I imagine it's not going to be, it's going to be just as effective this time around. And I'll give you guys reports when I do it. Like I should have three coming up. I'm gonna start scheduling those. I think this week I want to get stuff set down and you know get them scheduled so I can start playing these things and planning them. I've I've already got a few ideas swirling in my head. So and 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 to go along with session zero, guys. I know I'm kind of running long here today, but one of the things you might want to do for these adventures that you're going to run or these sessions that you're going to run with session zero is ha have them built of course character specific i mean it doesn't make any sense not to but make them kind of like s simple so the simpler the better uh don't get too complex with it keep it um to a couple encounters uh the complexity of it keep it fairly simple develop it though i mean set down those roots of things that you can you can grow later in the campaign but the player is going to know about them because you they've already experienced them and interacted with them and so it'll become more significant when it happens like maybe a month down the line won't well, mean shit to the other folks probably they'll be like what are you acting so freaky for but this character knows there's there's something going on that needs to needs attention. So I think that's my my final advice. Just keep it simple, guys. You know, what is that? The kiss. Keep it simple. Keep it stupid. Simple. Stupid. So I can't even say it. That's how simple stupid I am, huh? But uh, uh, session zero. Use them, please. If you don't, let me know. Let me, tell me why you don't use session zero. If it's a time restraint, and if you do use session zero, how do you use session zero? How's it worked out for you? And just the the details of it. Uh, I'm I'm interested. I know you only got a minute for message message messages on uh, Anchor. I wish they would extend that a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, please call in and we'll get a chat. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, and I hope you get some gaming on. I got my game on last night. Rolled like shit as usual. So please roll better than me and take care of yourselves.
One more bonus tip, guys. When you're doing session zero, sometimes it's kind of interesting to run the characters as children. In that case, I wouldn't use the stats at all. This would be more of a character development kind of session um, where, you know, combat can be had and, but uh, damage would be, you know, minimal or subdual or if you really want to make it kind of real, you know, realistic in a way, you know, there could be some, some real damage going on. But generally, uh, I have run uh, characters as children as real quick offs. Like it would be like a part of a session zero, like a 10, 15 minutes of a situation where the character's in and how do they react to it and what happens. And then, then they would move on. Then we'd move the uh, time period on to another thing. Almost like in the beginning of like uh, adventure games like years ago, I don't know if they still do it so much, but they would ask you, I can't remember which game used to do that. They would give you situations and then you'd answer how your character would react in that situation. And then when you'd answered like so many of these different questions, you, your character or how your character would be or what class of character you become pops up. In this case, it would, you could look at like, say they're, they're a fighter, maybe put them in a situation where um, that happened where, you know, maybe a critical point in their childhood where their career path was chosen, whether by themselves or by someone else. Just an interesting twist on things. Is it necessary? Absolutely not. But I do think it's a fun exercise to do. Uh, and like I said, I keep it simple, situational, um, and just have it take up like half an hour, 15 minutes of your session zero so then you can move up to the next age bracket and so on until you know, you're current. So that's it, guys. Just wanted to add that to you. Have a good one.